0: Good evening, Dumelang, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host Uzamandowa Kumalo. We're on episode 160 of the Private Property Podcast, and if this is the first time that you're tuning in and watching us, welcome to the Private Property Podcast. Do make sure to go back to some of our old episodes to catch up on some of the great content that we have brought to your screens so far. Well, it's a Monday edition. It's also the last day of November. I'm sure a lot of you, uh, or certainly some of you, moved house uh, as it is the last day, or it's probably like packing and making sure that you're all ready and good to go to move. There are probably new tenants who are going to be moving into some of the investment properties tomorrow. I do hope that you've had a Good day of moving, and that your admin has been able to go as seamlessly as possible. I myself hate moving quite a lot, I've been procrastinating uh, doing my own move for quite a number of months now, but I I've, I've given myself a deadline that I've essentially missed because I'm supposed to be out today, uh, but we'll see how that goes. But we are, of course, talking all things relating to property. And this evening, we're looking at quantity surveyors and their role in the property process, oftentimes called the accounting offices uh, of any property um, certainly development. We're going to be exploring the work that quantity, quantity surveyors do. Um, you know, some of my loved ones are actually quantity surveyors, so I quite like the work that uh, surveyors do. We tend to do and of course we're also going to be exploring um, certainly later on this week we're going to be running a great competition where you're going to stand a chance of walking away with incredible cash prizes and as usual we're going to have to keep up on our facebook page in particular if you want to be in touch with what that particular competition is going to be we will be placing it on our facebook page so do make sure that you watch out for the latest competition that we'll be running on our social media platforms well, I did say we're going to be talking about quantitative surveying and all things relating to the surveying process, especially when it comes to all property related matters, I'm joined this evening by David uh, Davis Wasu Chikudu, uh, who is the co-founder of Zimba uh, Chigudu Quantity Surveyors. Uh, good evening, Davis, and thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yes, good evening. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, thank you for thank you for joining us, there, Davis. Um, now, you know, Davis. I think one of the big things with quantity surveying is it's one of those roles when you don't know about it, um, you almost assume that other people do what quantity surveyors, you know, ultimately do. Uh, I mean, I've even looked at, for example, the curriculum for quantity surveying uh, in some of the you know, universities here in South Africa, and you get a nice sense of the kind of work that they do. Uh, perhaps before we get to the nitty-gritty and the important role that they play and you know, how they they fit into the, in, in the development, perhaps take us through, broadly speaking, what exactly do um, quantity surveyors ultimately do?
1: Well, in short, um... We're responsible for managing the cost of construction and property developments. So, from inception to completion, we make sure that we basically um, develop the budget, um, finalize the budget, and then make sure that the project is finished within the budget or within um, any sort of changes of the budget.
0: And when we look at that, um, you know, Davis, I think a lot of people sometimes think you probably only need um, you know, quantity surveyors in big projects. You know, is somebody able to get a quantity surveyor if they, for example, uh, let's say building their house from scratch or, you know, perhaps putting in additional, uh, additional dwelling in their, you know, in their particular plot. What kinds of projects essentially land themselves well to needing to use the services of a quantity surveyor?
1: Well, um, as a quantity, we work on small to, to, to large projects. Um, even something as as tiny as as renovating your apartment, um, you could use a, you could use a quantity surveying. and it does help you because you kind of um, get to cover those unforeseen costs that you wouldn't know as someone in construction. So, and a lot of the time, people think that quantity surveying just relates to strictly the construction cost, but then there are a lot of ancillary costs which actually have to be managed. And like like you said, like the larger the project goes, then the higher the risk. It becomes not having a QS, but I would advise people to 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 gauge to enter um, into an agreement with a surveyor or use a surveyor when they're doing those type of small projects.
0: Mm. You've you, actually you just mentioned that you don't just look at construction costs, but there are also uh, you know other ancillary costs. What are those costs? Because I'm sure people at home are thinking, okay, I mean, if, if as you've said, you can use a quantum surveyor even when you're doing, you know, your apartment mm-hmm. renovation. So I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, folks at home are thinking, okay, what, what would they effectively be surveying um, if I'm, you know, doing something as small scale as that apartment at home?
1: Okay. Like, so as, as the cost managers, um, we, have got, we would advise the client and also basically settle or manage the the cost of the other professionals as well. So now um, we 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 could advise the client basically um, on what professionals they would require on the specific type of project they're doing. Um, and then also the ancillary costs would include something like like um building approval plans. Um, if you if you're doing if you're taking money from the bank, you have that interest. Um what can you afford? And like environmental impact assessments if you're building from scratch. Um, you know, like le- leasing commission fees, like we would encompass all of that with, under the term development costs. So the development cost, um, the construction cost, actually is just a subsidiary of that. Would depending on the type of project, that would be, amount to maybe between sixty and seventy percent of the project. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you know, Davis, I think if we at then the things that we should be looking out for when we want to choose a you know, quantum surveyor, uh, perhaps give us some great insights into how we should be thinking through choosing the right quantity surveyor for our projects. And let's look at you know, home projects, whether it is uh, you know adding an additional dwelling in your yard. Um, so we're obviously not mm-hmm. looking at big scale developments, but the kind of developments that residential yes. homeowners would typically make. Um, what kind of even questions should we be asking the different kinds of potential quantity surveyors um, that we'll typically deal with, because I think this is the one profession you don't deal with it often enough to mm-hmm. almost have a template, sure. even in terms of the nature of the questions you've asked them, um, or perhaps their portfolio of you know previous work. We simply don't know enough, I think, in terms of our day-to-day dealings with uh, property professionals to even know how to go about um, acquiring the services of a good quantity, quantity surveyor.
1: Okay, I think maybe we can start with um, just over and above the cost management. Uh, we'd also help with the procurement of the contractor and the administration of the actual contract you have between yourself and the contractor. And depending on how far you'd want your, contract, your, your, your contractor to be involved, we can also help like in the risk mitigation, um, even as far as facilities and property development and management. Okay, but then in terms of finding the perfect QS for your particular project, um, the way our industry is governed is that every, every firm of professional quantity surveyor has gone through um, a rigorous training process. So once you are professionally registered, um, all the quality, you could even go just to Google or go into the SACQSP the SAC website and you'll find a list of registered quantity surveyors. So in terms of that, even depending on the area you're in, you can engage any of them. But then on a small scale, it would come down to what your affordability is. And then you just engage any of them and then just basically come to an agreement in terms of what your budget is, what you're trying to do and how you can actually um, afford or use the QS in question. But uh, one of the things that people also don't really realize about the Cures profession is that we also take the lead on projects, so we would assist you as the principal agent or project manager um, in actually getting your whole project team together and the contractor and everything. So basically simplifying the process for you and along the way also um, enlightening you and engaging with you to actually know the steps that have been taken and are required in order for you to finalize your project and then further to that, it also depends on the type of project you're doing. Is are you building your own house? Are you trying to do a property development where you're trying to have a return? Because then now then we start looking at different items where we go as far as return on investment or net present value. You know, so it also depends on what you're trying to do. So you you need to first come to us and tell us what is, is exactly what you want to do. Not even in detail. Just first have the gauge, and then from there we can explore.
0: Mm, mm, mm. And, you know, I I actually like that one of the big things with, you know, trying to procure quantity survey is is that more often than not, and it's not so much actually something I like, one thing I've observed rather, is that um, a lot of residential homeowners tend to get intimidated when it comes to, um, you know, construction related projects that we carry out. Um, and sometimes it could be something as you know small as you want to do a bathroom remodel. Uh, it can be seemingly quite intimidating. So even understanding mm-hmm. who, should, who we should be working with for a particular mm-hmm. project, regardless of the scale of the project, is already mm-hmm. another, that's almost like the next layer of intimidation, especially the moment you start seeing a quantity surveyor, they are also another qualified person. I, don't, I certainly know that of the you know, many homeowners that I, I, I speak to on a very regular basis, Often, More more often than not, a lot of them tend to not use a quantity surveyor. Uh, You know, perhaps, Davis, maybe if you can share with us, I'll say the downside of not using a quantity surveyor in the projects that a lot of folks at home will do. And let's take it against residential uh, projects, for example, building a house, right? So if you're building a house Mm -hmm. from scratch, what would potentially be some of the disadvantages um, in the event where you don't use a quantity surveyor?
1: I think the two main biggest risk items is one, you could lose a lot of money, um, that way you could have had a saving, because a lot of the time people think that they're going to save money by not doing a QS, but our whole job is designed to help you manage your cost and to be as cost efficient as possible. But over and above that, um, like when when I mentioned earlier on that we do assist in procuring the right contractor. if you. Um, engage with the wrong contractor, or, or, or a contractor does not um, doesn't have a track record, or doesn't have the skill set, or the technical capability or capacity financially, then that even that imposes another risk on you. Um, whether it's having a safe house to live in if it's not constructed properly, and also your house just not being built up to the to, to the standard that you want, because we as QSS, along with the rest of the team, it's a collaborative it's a collaborative effort. We make sure that the, that the project is actually executed to to a specific minimum standard, which which um, ensures that the homeowner is happy. And a lot of the time, um, that would also be done primarily with the architect, like together with them. But as the QS, we would take the forefront in in terms of saying you need X, Y, Z to ensure that your house or your residence or your apartment is 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 built to a specific standard. So it's also dangerous. Just to go to, um, go to the lowest contractor, for example, because sometimes people just hedge the bits and then they take advantage of people that do not know construction. Because they might tell you, for example, we'll build you'll we'll build your house for five hundred thousand, even though it's actually going to cost you a million. But once you're four hundred thousand in, you're already committed, and then you're in a, you're in a tricky position. And in, in inverted comments, as a layman in the industry that's where people also get taken advantage of. So it's just about um, putting yourself in a safe position and being able to sleep at night knowing that the money that you work hard for is being managed by someone professionally that has your best interests.
0: Mm. And, you know, I think one of the things I remember a couple of years back when I was actually having a conversation with uh, some partners and, you know, just very randomly kind of running numbers in terms of how much a certain kind of house uh you know Mm -hmm. cost or actually doing a drive-by in one of the estates and when they do like a cost breakdown of if you're looking at you know modern finishes this particular estate you're sometimes easily looking at something like 10k and above per square meter and and i think Mm -hmm. more often than not as as normal homeowners we don't even look at our houses from that perspective i mean oftentimes uh, when you want, when you want, for example, a quote of how to do something, we don't always typically look at it like that. So I think it's also just one of those things that we tend to struggle to wrap our heads around, um, especially when you, you know, building a house. I think it's already such a stressful process. Uh, you probably would have by that stage, you know, acquired the land. Um, that you want to buy at, perhaps you've started having conversations with an architect you, you want to work with, but there's so many moving parts to a construction project that when you don't have the right team to help you along your journey, um, so many things can can go wrong. And actually, like what you mentioned, Dave, is that sometimes you know, you'll get the lowest quote and the moment you are a couple of hundred thousands in, it's too late to pull back because you're already looking at the money that you've put in already Uh, even the cost that you've paid in terms of labor already, that sometimes you just decide, look, let me just stick it out and see um, how far this particular project is going to go. Except more often than not, when you find yourself in those situations, things are more likely to still go wrong because if that contractor got you to that state and feeling like that, you're very likely uh, still going to have uh, you know, quite a, quite a number of issues with that particular um, contractor. We're going to go for a quick break. We're going to come back. We'll be taking your questions and comments at home. Uh, I see kindly Collins, I see your question on our Facebook page. Uh, we'll also be taking, you know, I certainly want to hear from you. If you've ever used the services of a quantity surveyor in your home project or perhaps there's uh, you know, something slightly different that you're not doing in your specific home. How was that experience like? How did you go about procuring their services? And what did you find the relationship um, to be like? And how was it beneficial for you for that particular project that you undertook? We're going to go for a quick break and we'll be back just after this. to episode 160 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzama Ndunga Kumalo. This evening, we're looking at quantity surveyors and their role in the property process. If you've ever used the services of a, proper, uh, of a quantity surveyor, I certainly want to hear your experience with using their service. We are taking your questions and comments on our Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and Twitter page. And of course, if you're watching us for the first time, do remember to go back to our Facebook or perhaps even our YouTube page to watch some of the old episodes. And if you're a first-timer then you probably don't know about some of the other great shows that we have here across the private property, uh, you know, social media feeds. And that's of course the first-time home buyers show that comes to your screens every single Wednesday at 7.45. And that is with the SC where she takes you on a journey of buying that first property for the first time and making sure that the journey is as, uh, you know, seamless and stress-free as humanly possible, she gets to speak to a lot of people who are once in your position of buying that first home. Uh, Some of the emotions they went through, some of the uh, ropes they had to probably have to jump through and how they ultimately made sure that they're able to own that first home. We also have the farming podcast for those of us who probably have green fingers and exploring going into agriculture. That is every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m. right here across the social media platforms um, on the private property pages. And of course, over the weekend, we do not leave you alone. We've got the developer show uh, that Chad brings to your screens, where we profile some of the best estates that the country has on offer. Now, to get back to our conversation this evening, I am joined by Davis Waswa uh, Chugundu, who is the co founder of Zimba Chugundu Quantity Surveyors, as we explore all things relating to quantity surveyors. And we've got a question here from Delano scultz um, who asks, how do you know you have an excellent quantity surveyor? What do you look for?
1: Well, um, your quantity surveyor should first and foremost be very responsive to to what your budget is and in terms of what your vision is. So it, although a lot of clients um, most most of the times you'll have a situation where you have a limited budget, but you wanna but you still wanna get a push. So you should, your quantitative is going to be realistic with you. And a good quantitative is one way it's gonna, you're going to achieve your your project within budget.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as you were saying that, I was actually laughing because I've, I've had way too many instances where a client, uh, you know, will, will have a... In, in, in soccer terms, I think a client will have a PSL, although now it's called DSTV Premier League budget, and yet they want to play in the <laughs> Champions League. And and so you kind of always have to constantly manage a client's expectations, um, especially when there are budget constraints. Because the reality is you may want the top end finishes, but your budget doesn't quite allow it. So how do you make sure that you're able to meet a client um, halfway and that they understand their budget limitations and essentially dream within the realm of um, of their budget? Uh, a question that we had here from Colin Lee Collins. You already started answering you know, an aspect of it, uh, Davis. She asks, What are the advantages and the disadvantages of using quantity surveyors?
1: Well, the advantage is that your money is going to be within good hands. And then also, also, just to, it also speaks to the previous question in terms of how, how you know you have a good quantity surveyor. Um, part of our services, we do give month, monthly financial cost reports. Which basically describe uh, or highlight what your costs have been what, what your costs have been um, dispersed and how, it, how, how far it, it relates to in terms of the construction project. So that, that, that comes with, with cash flows and also valuations and payment certificates. Um, maybe some of the terminology people aren't familiar with, but there's a lot of documentation which is an actual deliverable for you to actually see as a client um and is also in broken down in layman's terms for everyone to understand but um but also regarding disadvantages and and and, and advantages uh basically uh, basically ties into what i said before It's, it's 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 basically risk mitigation if your your residence being developed or constructed to the quality and standard that you actually have envisioned and also managing your cost and not having cost overruns and not having a situation where you've spent uh, a, a crazy amount of money, but yet you're only at foundation level. Mm, mm, mm.
0: Uh, but, you know, Davis, I think one of the things that do happen, unfortunately, in a lot of construction um, projects, and especially when you look at residential areas, uh, and I'm sure a lot of homeowners who have done any kind of, you know, a construction project can probably attest to this, is that there are certainly instances where you the project doesn't finish on time, the project is Mm -hmm. over budget. Um, And let's assume here that this is uh, a project where we had a quantity surveyor. How do we Mm -hmm. start at a relatively early stage having some of those uncomfortable conversations essentially with our surveyor in the event where the project seems to be stalling and running late and late and we can already see that we're slowly becoming more and more over budget as the project continues.
1: Well, one of um, our deliverables, um, I'm not sure, I'm sure you know about is the bill of, of quantities, right? Which will speak to the architect's drawing, right? But in, in, term, in terms of going over budget, sometimes it's not on the contractor's side or, or the professional team. The client may want something else, which is a, which is a change um, from the original plan. Or sometimes, um, depending on the contract you may have with the, with the contractor, if you have, for example, a fixed contract, or if you allow for escalation, if you allow for escalation, that means um, the change in cost of materials is factored in. So this sometimes, uh, sometimes a lot of the time, because construction is construction is it's a moving part which is part of the world and also talks to the rest of the economy, right? So for example, when COVID hits and things stop, you're going to incur um, some some additional costs. But that is a lot of that is is handled in the, the contract you have between yourself and the professional team and yourself and the contractor. Primarily with the contractor, when they are not on time, they they are imposed penalties for every day that they are they are late. But then that's also subject to the type of agreement you may have with your contractor. So also a lot of the time, um, people do not have contracts. There are a lot of different types of contracts, especially in South Africa, whether it's JBCC or NEC, which speaks to, 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 to those risks. If you are um, not on time, and then also, who's responsible for it? Because sometimes it might be a a case of 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 the client not paying the contractor on time. So we have to look at everything in context and what's happening. It's not necessarily that if a project is late or over budget, that it is totally on the contractor or your your quantity surveyors. um, Yeah, it's not not necessarily their fault. So we have to. That's why that's that's why that's why the reports are given and cost reports are given and all of that is is, is taken in for the for, for the time to consume.
0: Um we've got another follow-up here from currently Lee Collins, um, who says plus minus, how much do they ask? Let's say the project you want to do is hundred thousand, which includes everything, labor and material. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the percentage would a quantity quantity surveyor ask in that kind of scenario?
1: Well, our fees are actually governed by our professional body, the SAC QSP, and it's a sliding scale, right? So um, based on the value of the works, we would receive um, a percentage, but also it depends on the extent of our services because sometimes you may only want your quantity to to do a bill of quantities and not be involved in the cost management, you know? So then we would only charge for that. So one, it depends on the value of the, of the, of the works and two, it depends on the extent of the services um, obviously, we advise you to use the full scope of services because ultimately we're protecting your interests financially. And yeah, so that's, it's, it's actually very clear. You can even go online and, and, and get how our fees are calculated.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, Davis, this is something actually you mentioned um, as you're answering not this question, but the uh, the question before that. And when you spoke about you know even the contract that as a homeowner you would have with you know your professional team, whether it's your quantity surveyor, of course, the contractors that you're also working with. And as you you know rightfully pointed out, so many people, especially just normal homeowners, who would have any kind of construction project. Um, that they do typically don't have contracts in place. Uh, mm-hmm. you essentially, you know, bring your the contractor that you want to work with. Uh, they give you a quote, and sometimes even that quote is on an official letterhead. You know, it's kind of written down, and you get a, a sense of um, how much things are going to cost and they'll tell you they can start, you know, working on Monday, they're going to be working from eight until five, but there isn't anything that's actually written down on paper. And some people mm-hmm. are fortunate enough to, you know, start from literally breaking ground and having their double-story house without needing a contract and everything goes smoothly. But of course, we know of far too many stories where that simply isn't the case. Perhaps share any tips uh, for our viewers at home when it comes to uh, the contract side with the professional team because this is one of those pressure points that I think a lot of homeowners, even if you just wanted to redo your bathroom, you should probably have a contract in place because so many things could go wrong while they are fixing up your bathroom, but we don't put any contracts um, in place, whether it's for mm-hmm. you know small projects like a bathroom remodel or something big like literally building your house from scratch. So any tips for our viewers at home when it comes to um, the contract side of the different uh, property professionals that we'll be working with on-site?
1: Yes, yeah, so they, they are standardized um, contracts um, for, for professionals, um, mainly the proxy agreement, and then you basically adjust that uh, contract based on the services that uh, your consultants will be providing you, um, specifically your quantity there. um So that contract, it it's very important to have it there because it clearly stays um, the responsibility of each party and the liability each party has also just to talk in terms of um, risk for if the project if, if your quantity surveyor does not perform we we are required um, by our council to have professional indemnity and so that also if there's negligence then you as a client can call on that professional indemnity if you feel that your quantity surveyor or, or whatever, or any other professional has not um, being honest in inverted commerce. And then in terms of uh, a contract between yourself and the contractor, um, that would, there are many types of contracts. Uh, in South Africa, they use the JPCC agreement a lot. And there's the minor works agreement, which is for smaller developments with, with, with construction, which is actually ideal for let's say apartments or your, if your house is not the most expensive, um, depending on on, on the value of the works you would use, you could do the jbcc minor agreements between some of the contractor and then the normal jbcc agreements and then if it is more complicated or or your project has some sort of nuance you could you can look at other contracts and um your professional team can advise you there are, there are a number of contracts whether it's fidic NEC or or you could even have um a tailor made uh, uh, contract which is which can basically be a hybrid based on what you're comfortable as a as, as, a, as a client, but it's, very, it's also risky to do that because sometimes you may miss some clauses which actually protect you. But then the contract also protects the contractor in terms of what is fair. So it places the, the, the risk on the right party.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Davis, we are gonna leave it there this evening. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: No, thank you for having me once again.
0: It's a pleasure and that is David Waswa. Uh, Chigundu, who is the co-founder of Zimba Chigundu Quantity Surveyors. And I do hope to you at home, if you've ever used the services of a quantity surveyor, that you you had a good experience doing so. And if there is a project that is probably your 2021 goals, that you do make sure that you have the right professional team behind you to make sure that that project goes well. through seamlessly and you're able to finish it on budget and in time. Well, that's a wrap from me, Zamandonga Kumara, and the rest of the Private Property uh, Podcast team here on the Private Property Podcast. We're going to be back on your screens tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock. Until then, hoping you're staying home and staying safe.
2: Clinton Banfield, our family and I live in Cape Town on the western seaboard. To be able to wake up and take in the scenery every day is an absolute pleasure. We probably have the best views of Table Mountain. There's some really amazing suburbs in our neighborhood. There's Milnerton, which is a central hub close to the city. There's some beautiful homes situated along the canal, which give you a breathtaking view of Table Mountain. A little bit further along the canal, you'll find Milton Golf Club, which is a great place to unwind with your mates. Then we have Bloberg, which is world renowned for its beaches, where you'll often see surfers taking full advantage of the wind. To top it off, there's a great variety of family restaurants in the area like Flupida, where people love to meet. The Bayside Mall is a landmark and table view, giving you an all-round retail experience in a relaxed and convenient environment. As a family we've chosen to live in Atlantic Beach Golf Estate in Malkbor Strand. Our suburb is so chilled, it really gives you this constant holiday feel. We've lived here for two years and we've really enjoyed the laid back lifestyle and this is our neighborhood.